Welcome to episode 26 of season 2 of the Peaked Too Early podcast. It was a rough weekend for all of us. Uh, between uh, my beloved Newcastle getting demolished, uh, Oscar feeling under the weather, uh, West Ham losing some valuable players, Manchester United continuing to be tragic. Uh, they're certainly was a lot of down spirits this weekend, but hopefully to bring things up, I am joined by the lovely Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you? Hello. I'm all right. I'm good. Um, I have to apologize for what will likely be a strained voice throughout this podcast, but I'm delighted to be back. I have to apologize. I'm actually a bit nervous to see what's going to happen because Blake did record a solo podcast last week. And um, I did upload it. It's on my, you know, it's on Anchor, the the website I use to upload this podcast. However, it did not publish. So um, I hope this podcast recording goes out to everyone. Um, But I suppose we will have to see. Um, You know, another, I guess, upside of me being ill is that I've had plenty of time to think about what I'm going to say and football in general. So that's nice to feel a bit more prepared than usual. Um, and Blake, how are you? Um, about as well as you can feel after your side loses 5-0 um, mm. on the weekend. Uh, you know, yeah. not particularly upset at all. So, okay. which is very okay. meh. I'm, look- I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about those two teams today, Blake. I really am. Uh, well, since you are the one with the weaker voice, uh, where would you like to start off? Oh, you put me on the spot. Um, you know what? Absolutely. I I really can can go anywhere today, Blake. Um, I really can go anywhere. Why don't we start with? You know what? Let's just go for it, Blake. Let's get it out of the way. Let's start with Newcastle. Um, Oof. I have a few things I'd like to say about both sides, but. I think it, it it's a really heavy loss for you, and as a lot of people were wondering whether uh, could slip up here. What well, Champions League? They had that embarrassing loss to Real Madrid, um, but no, on the contrary, they they romped to a five nil win over the Magpies, and yeah, Blake, give me a reaction before I dive in. Uh, well, I will start with the first 15 minutes of the second half of play. Manchester City had 99% possession uh, to Newcastle's 1%, mm-hmm. um, which is incredible. Um, I feel like that has to be some sort of record. Uh, I can't like imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine over a 15-minute span a side has ever had less possession. Um, however, outside of that, Pretty much up until the first goal, Newcastle were kind of okay. Um, mm. They created, e- like even up until um, the second goal, they were okay because um, they did score a goal that did get called back for offsides. But um, yeah, I think it's one of these. I, okay, so I guess I'll start from Newcastle. Newcastle uh, stuck to their script and played the same way the entire match. Um, 
and it bit them in the bud. Um, but I don't think they were expecting to win. Um, you know, I just, they wanted to, you know, play with their own identity and whatever happens, happens. And uh, when you play a side like Manchester City, these things are prone to happen. Um, hmm. Because quite literally, the gap in quality is so immense um, between Man City and most other teams, but um, also Newcastle, despite their good form. Manchester City, um, this is... I will say this is the match that cost them the Champions League because mm. Pep at the weekend pulled off Kevin De Bruyne and Riyad Mahrez to rest them for this match oh. because they thought they had the tie in the bag, so they pulled off some of their attacking talent. Um, they don't want to risk the injuries. Interesting. Uh, as a result, uh, one, they lacked the possession in the midfield that... KDB can bring you, and when they were chasing the game at the end, they didn't have, uh, you know, their, uh, I don't know, their, Riyad Mahrez is maybe their best attacker in the uh, Champions League, other than, I would have to look at some stats, but, you know, still. Um, so, as a result, I think, since this decision at the week, at the midweek, uh, caused him to lose the Champions League. There's no way it would he would allow it to allow him to lose the league as well. Mm. Um so I think it was the most clear and obvious thwomping that Man City would do this season. Um mm. and yeah, it was pretty cookie cutter dominance for Manchester yeah. City. That's a yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting take. I hadn't really considered that. Um you know, I don't think you can blame Pep for that midweek. That midweek capitulation, really, I think that's more down to the the players. Um, you know, when you can see twice in, in stoppage time and then a, a further one in extra time um, after con- having controlled the, the tie for, for you know, 95% of, um, you know, of the, of the matchup. Um, I'm not sure you can point fingers at, at the manager. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I'm gonna go two I'm gonna go in two footed on maybe both these clubs here, Blake. Um I I I I think I hate watching Man City in the Premier League. Um I I was mentioning this to you over over the weekend that I can stand to watch about twenty five minutes of them before I get just so bored. I think I think their dominance really sucks the fun out of watching football for me. Um they're involved in much more entertaining matches in the Champions League, invariably because, you know, I think they're more chaotic. But in the Premier League, they're robotic, and um, it becomes mundane for me. And I think there's there's no, there's no denying that they play beautiful football, but it's it's like it's an it's an artificial beauty, right? It's like I don't know art you'd see in a in a hotel, varnished. Um, it's too bright, almost, right? Like. I'm searching for that intangible thing when I watch Man City in the Premier League that that makes makes me attracted to them and and I you know they they're just this franchise club in in this you know modern iteration um they they lack soul I think and it, you know it's just it's they're like an equation it's it's just money plus talent equals success and 
you know, who really gets behind that, right? Like, where is the joy in it? Um, and I, well, I was, I have yeah, a please, because I was on moralized that. when I was watching them this weekend in the prem. Um, yeah, by the eighty-fifth minute, uh, the stadium was probably seventy-five uh, percent full. Like most of the fans had left by then, um, and there were still like Man City scored two goals after that uh, after that time. So, um, you know, I think it's like this weird. They're like a well-oiled machine that you know, not even their own fans really enjoy watching them. Um. Yeah, and and you know, I think that the there'll be many a Man City fan who you know who is who is loves the fact that they've had success but but will lament those those times in the past when you know 25 years ago when they were just a less you know less glamorous team i suppose um and then you know the other thing i think i'm not going to go two-footed in on newcastle but but i i when i was watching them this weekend i was kind of thinking about you know along the same vain as as the past few months ever since this takeover and i've been thinking about you know what what this transition is going to mean for newcastle and uh, you know among other things i was thinking that oh, man i mean i'm going to start being mean about newcastle because they're they're going to become a big side um and and the money and the power that they have now warrants warrants that criticism and and maybe even this similar disdain that we we non you know non newcastle fans um give to the likes of Man U or, or Man City. Um and I you know, I think I think I, I'm fascinated to see what, what that evolution is gonna look like and maybe I can even say that it's a bit of a shame because Newcastle has traditionally been so salt of the earth, right? And and I wonder if they're successful, the Saudis of this sports washing project that they're doing, um will that true fandom be um, if not drowned out then sort of papered over like what what will that look like when it becomes a global brand um and that can be rhetorical if you don't want to engage with it blake but that's sort of also what i was thinking about this weekend um after after a bit of a yeah i was a didn't like that performance from newcastle really i'm not i'm not sure what else they could have done and you know that's just city but i don't know something about it i just didn't like um yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't blame you for not finding anything to like about Newcastle mm. in this match. They yeah. didn't particularly do uh anything. Um on the, the beach, is that fair? On the beach? Nah, um no. or is it just it's just I don't know. City? It's just yeah. I think mm. it just feels like that, but I mean, if you look at the last two fixtures for Newcastle, they've been incredibly tough, so I think it's hard to say like, oh uh, well, the losses are because you know they're done. Um, I think we'll. I, I think you know next week is also, you know, pretty. It's not as guaranteed of a loss as this was or last week mm. was, but, I mean, I find it hard to find, or to see Newcastle coming away from the Arsenal match with anything, oh. um, and then it will really be Burnley on the final day, um, which final days have historically been very defining for newcastle sides um yeah we pretty much if we win on the final day we stay up the next season um, oh that's a cool step yeah um 
uh well i mean and some of them have been like so tragic and so uh <laughs> some of our final days have been horrendous mm. um but um yeah talking about uh what will happen if newcastle finds some sustained period of success um i am not totally sure um because one it's very hard to imagine a newcastle that is very successful um because you know the one season that i've been a supporter where we had a lot of success we were also uh you know behind the scenes falling apart um and uh as a result we got relegated two years later so uh I don't really know what to expect as a fan or as a critic. Um, I, I, that's the best I can give you. I don't mm-hmm. know if we're going to, um, like, it's very possible we just lament in the sixth to eighth. Oh. And then there's also the possibility of, you know, us becoming huge cash splashers and yeah. um no i mean although that doesn't necessarily mean success um, listen i yeah i don't want to put you on the spot because because really who knows i mean it's not necessarily on you to find those answers anyway um you know i think you'll i think you will eventually find find success um if you know if you keep making decisions like you've you've made uh, since since the takeover then that sort of points to 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 smart people behind the scenes i was thinking about that the other day too right where it's like they really they spent a lot of money in january but they they spent it very smartly i mean they you know dan Byrne and and trippier and matt target they're not flashy players but they were exactly what you needed um it would have been you know it would have been very easy for for newcastle to get in I don't know, more mercenary-like players, I suppose. Um, they did their due diligence, that's for sure. Um, one thing, one, one more thing I actually want to say about Pep, and perhaps you, you saw this as well, um, about Guardiola, was that in the press conference after, after this match, I believe it was after this match. Yeah, it was. He, um, he said that everyone loves Liverpool. Um, everyone in the media loves them. Everyone, uh, you know, basically he was saying like everyone in the country is is in love with Liverpool um, and tr- sort of trying to, to contrive this us against them thing. Um, and, and Pep does this occasionally where he, he's, out, you know, he acts outraged um, and he's indignant and he, yeah, he, he, he tries to cultivate that sense of like everyone hates us. Um, my question, I guess, to you is, I mean, first of all, I think it's ridiculous. But my question to you is that: Do you think Pep's actually fooling anyone with with this with this performance? Sorry, do you do you think that Pep do you think that Pep thinks that he's actually fooling anyone with this with this performance? Do you do you think that he, in his mind, he's like everyone is buying this, you know, this you know indignation, and everyone actually believes that I'm you know, I'm so upset or, or, you know, on the flip side, you know, when he says that thing where he's like, Oh, I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for the players. Like, um, we are so happy. He says that all the time, regardless of what's, you know, what happened on the pitch. Do you think he thinks that people believe him or does he just simply not care? Then he knows that his acting performance is quite poor. Um, I, 
took the okay so i guess i'll start with the comment itself Hmm. um like everyone is a liverpool fan i kind of understand what he's talking about Hmm. um because you know i do think liverpool get talked about in a way like people talk and they're like liverpool are by far the best side in the entire world um and there are times where i have believed that but I, I don't think it's fair to say they're far and away they're the best side in the world when I think a lot of pundits do think that all the time. But, I mean, they're behind Man City in the league right now. So, um, or Actually, they're not. Uh, oh, no, never mind. Man City, by thrashing Newcastle, went back above uh, Liverpool. Um, so, like, I kind of understand that. Um, but I think probably... You know, a lot of that is also down to a lot of pundits are ex-Liverpool players or when they were playing, Liverpool were an okay team. Yeah. Um, they were kind of like players who played before Liverpool fell to mediocrity. Um, whereas uh, Man City, ex-Man City pundits either weren't very good when they played for Man City, when Man City was good, like Micah Richards, or uh, they did play for Man City before Man City were very good. So, hmm. um, you know, I think the nostalgia and uh, biases are a little prevalent in the media, um, of course. Yeah. Just like the same way Manchester United gets talked about glowingly um, right. when they yeah. play well. Yeah. But... Um, in terms of his comments, um, I don't, it just felt like a like a dig, um, like he, you know, he's probably just frustrated about something someone said, and so he's like, mm, "This will show them." Yeah, um, that was kind of my interpretation. Um, and talking about his overall demeanor with the media. Um, I don't know. I think everyone wants to be kind of that. It's not like the bad boy persona, but like the scoff and arrogance and Mm. playing dumb and uh, also like faux humbleness. Um, Yeah. And, you know, for some managers, it works really well. And for others, it just seems kind of like a facade. Mm. Um, But, um, yeah, you know, I think he's just. I don't really think too much of Pep. Um, yeah, I mean, like he's obviously an amazing manager, but I think along with Man City, they're they're not offensive. Like of all the top yeah, six yeah. sides, I'm not like, oh, I I hate Man City. Um, right. They're just they're so good that I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. they're you know they're probably it's gonna win the league. Um, whereas I hate Liverpool and I hate Man U and I hate Arsenal and I hate Spurs and I hate Chelsea you know Man City they're just like eh like they're you know they're an incredible team Mm. Um, so um, yeah did I not answer any of your questions? No you definitely did and I you know I don't (laughs) I always put you on the spot with my questions Um, but uh, no no I definitely agree with that with that idea um let's move on from city blake because we spent plenty of time on them 
We could go to the opposite end of the table and talk about the second team relegated from the Premier League this season, if you want to, in Watford. Uh, yes, I would love to. Yeah. I, um, I would like to start with a question for you. Please. Um, the general report is that Watford will be asking for twenty million pounds for Emmanuel Dennis. Oof. Do you think that is a bargain, or do you think that's about fair? Or do you think that's overpriced? Uh, you know what? I. It's a great question. Okay, let's take the the post COVID numbers. Um, you know, I I I think that is pretty fair. I'd, I'm not sure I would call that a bargain. Um, you know, long time listeners of the pod will remember that I had my reservations about Emmanuel Dennis when he came in, just because of his reputation um, as a bit of a bad boy which is well-deserved, I think, if you look into his antics when he played for Club Brugge and, and also just the fact that he was so terrible when he was at Köln. Um, you know, 10 goals in the Premier League this season. He had a, uh, quite, a quite a significant injury, or at least um, I, he, he missed a fair amount of matches, I, th- I thought. But I'm seeing here that he's made 33 appearances in the league, so apparently not. Um, but... Um, you know, I think I wouldn't call it a bargain. Twenty mil in today's in the recovering market is 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 you know fairly small. Um, I think the fact that 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 um, Watford are getting relegated means that you know, that's a pretty fair price for them to to ask for, I suppose. Um, I, I think I think you could probably lowball that, and and they would consider it just because going down is is a dangerous thing. Um, I'm not sure what team is going to snap him up, though. Um, would you take him at Newcastle? I, I don't think so, right? Like, um, um, I'm not I, sure what Premier League team would take him. Yeah. Um, I, mm, mm. Uh, you know. I'm not sure if I would take him. Yeah, right? Like, Newcastle. he's not... Yeah. I Somehow, <laughs> I don't think he's really proved himself. And I think it, the fact that he was red hot at the beginning of the year means that he, he it's been one of those seasons, and you see this all the time in the Premier League, right, where it's like you kind of forget what he's done, right? You forget how blown away we were with him at the beginning of the season when he was on this red hot form and scoring all these brilliant goals and just, you know, putting himself about on the pitch. Um, you know, if he had finished the season like this, right and Watford had still gone down then everyone would be talking about it but you know it feels to me like he has to prove himself um a, a bit more somehow um you know on Watford it was you know Roy Hodgson at the helm and and losing to Crystal Palace as his old club um Ben Foster called out his teammates after the match saying that too many of them are just fine with giving up in like the last 20 minutes said they put in effort for like 60 or 70 minutes and then they just stopped trying and i think this this club watford they have lots of talented players right they have sarge or pedro um emmanuel dennis obviously but they you know they they do have this reputation you know spearheaded by the owners of of constant change right there's not much stability in this club and i think that that has provided them success in the past right you know they've previously stayed in the Premier League for a few years in a row and obviously they get out of the championship etc 
But, you know, when you have big stars on big wages who drop the ball when it suits them, you know, that that signals a, a squad that could really struggle if they go back down to the championship and don't find that camaraderie. Um, and, yeah, I think that, you know, I'm not sure if Watford will turn into that club that is a Norwich and a Fulham who basically go down and come right back up again. Um, and I and then I want to end our Watford chat um, with some thoughts on Roy Hodgson, but I'll hold off on that if you have thoughts on the second team to get relegated from the Prem in this season, Blake. Uh, no, I do not. I only wanted to talk about them because I had a talking point about Roy Hodgson yes. I wanted to talk to you about. I'm assuming they're the same thing. I think so. Um, I feel like I've been talking a ton, so why don't you why don't you give me your thoughts first and I'll, I'll chime in when, when I can. Uh, well, now I'm, the pressure's on me that mm-hmm. it actually is the same thing. Um, I am assuming we are going to discuss the controversy mm. surrounding Roy Hodgson's acts at the end of the match where mm. he walked around and gave a lap of honor to the Crystal Palace supporters uh, and did not go over to the traveling Watford mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not actually under as much fire as I, I expected something like this. Uh, a lot of the reaction I've seen has been like, well, yeah, it makes sense. He's a club legend at Palace and he was just brought in because he was the best available manager mm-hmm. willing to go to Watford. Um, but it, you know, it is a little classless. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if we're talking about Watford players having a mentality of giving up, uh, you know, I think the same thing could be said about Roy Hodgson, which we kind of talked about when he was appointed. I mean, he retired, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, came out of retirement to take over a side that were, I think they were 18th at the time and mm-hmm. uh, really struggling. So um, I don't know. I, I wonder if Roy Hodgson did come out of retirement just for the payday and right. uh, really, really does not give a crap about, I don't know, even putting in an effort. Um, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been sacked yet. Um, yeah. I kind of thought he would be, you know, the in charge for five matches and then mm. sacked. But uh, here yeah. he is. No, I mean, I I agree with you. I'd go further, I'd say. I think I think the behavior by Roy Hodgson was bang out of order, really. I think it's so transparent that he doesn't, he didn't care about, about um, keeping the team up or just, just being in charge of Watford at all. It was it was almost as if, you know, it was just his payday. I thought very strange, really, especially seeing as this is probably, you know, now it's really is probably the last we'll see of Roy Hodgson. I'm not sure anyone will hire him after after the performance he put in as, as Watford manager, you know, because he's been there for a while um, by Watford standards this season. Um, and, and, you know, I, this, this legacy that he, he had... Well, has rather. I mean, it's still a, a wonderful one, and he he's a great, you know, one of the great pioneers of of modern football and modern football culture. But what a what a strange strange way to go out. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I really thought that comment about he basically said that you know I, I, I didn't acknowledge the Watford fans because because they were too far away. Um, and I know he's old, but a strange thing to say. Um, I mean, he walked around most right? of the yeah, pitch. You think exactly. he could just not very do odd. that bit? Very, very odd. Um, so, yeah, not sure what, what that was about, Roy. Um, yeah, he also uh, then said uh, after the match that he has no regrets taking over the Watford job, which, you mm. know, seems like in direct uh uh i don't know the exactly against Mm -hmm. those actions um but also just like looking through the the headlines for roy hodgson um you know most of them don't really say like talk about those actions at the end Mm. um like the independence headline about this match was crystal palace fans cherish chance to give roy hodgson a proper goodbye strange um and uh, the Telegraph, dismal Watford relegation confirmed in sad footnote to Roy Hodgson's forty-five year career. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Watford are dismal to be to be frank. I mean, it's not not good enough at all this season from them. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming those headlines are like, you know, they're like tabloids. We don't need to. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also we don't need to cater to the not point four percent of our readers who are watford supporters um yeah. and they're like yeah in turn churn, churn out some uh some words about this match hmm. um all right oscar if that's all we have to Indeed. say about yes. the relegated watford could i raise you uh a scoreline we both loved to see Ooh. it is chelsea two wolves oh, yes. two of course uh very sad I didn't get to watch this match. Um, I checked the scores and it was 2 0 Chelsea, and I was like, eh, I guess. Um, and then I looked a few hours later and uh, saw it was 2 2. I was like, hmm, that must have been an amazing game. Looked at the match events 97th minute by Connor C- or equalizer by Connor Cody. Cool. Immediately went and watched the highlights. Um, Loved it. Um, I think there's a few things to talk about in this match. Um, first, it is uh, the clear gulf in quality between Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, the fact that uh, there's a 16-point gap between second and third uh, is pretty shameful and yeah the premier league is almost a farmer's league at this point um but a farmer's league with two farmers um also i wanted to talk to you about um francisco trinchao and whether you think he's a good player or not um and uh also lukaku and Mm. the whole ordeal um and how awesome the celebrations were, the 97th minute. Yes. Connor Cody. Um, yeah, <laughs> straight into the uh, traveling fan section. He was very, um, um, very, very fiery afterwards uh, in the presses, saying he was really uh, annoyed that people are saying that, that Wolves have dropped the ball and sort of been on the beach for a couple months. Um, 
uh, I heard a pundit saying uh, that their hot take was that Wolves are going to get relegated next season, which I thought Oof. was quite was which was quite the the prediction. Um, but um, rumors of a of a of a uh, of a split in the dressing room. Um, apparently, Bruno Large has pissed off Raúl Jiménez and some other player. <clears throat> Johnny, um, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Didn't Johnny get dropped because he mm-hmm. got in a scuffle yeah. with Bruno Large? Yeah. So no, no, that's not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I can pick up on any one of those those things. Um, Francesco Trincao, um, not not really sure about him. Um, you know, this this somewhat unfortunately, I think um, this Triori to Barcelona thing looks like it's failed. Um, I don't think Xavi is going to stick by him, and looks like uh, he'll come back to to Wolves. Um, Barcelona have a sellable asset in Francesco Trincao, so I think that they will offload him. Whether Wolves will stump up that money is a, is another um, question. I, you know, I, no, I like um, it. Sorry. Yeah, Wolves confirmed they will not make the move. They will not for... make. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty big, I guess, for his fledgling career as well. I mean, I, I, he's a very uh, unoffensive player to me, as in literally, like, he doesn't offend me. He doesn't annoy me. Um, I think he's fine. Seems... Seems quite nice. Um, doesn't you know? Quite a fair player. Got some got gorgeous, gorgeous feet. Um, he he can dr- just dribble really, really well. Um, I forget. I I don't know if it's because of how he looks, but he's he's very young. He's twenty two, um, which is you know, uh, he's got a lot of developing ahead of him. I'm just not sure where where the fit is. It's it's not Barcelona. But I don't know where it's meant, where it should be. I, I, I think he's been f- fine for Wolves, but he's just he's not much of a threat, right? I'm not sure what his role is. What does he do? Um, yeah, it's, um, I'm not sure what I'd do if I was Francesco Trincao. Um, as for Lukaku, um, you know, I think that Chelsea can ill afford to to give up on him, uh, and I don't think Lukaku should quit uh this summer i don't i don't really see how unless uh, a smooth deal can be made where he goes back to inter which is far-fetched right um i i don't really see what else he can do i think he's just gonna have to put his head down and try again next year although i i reckon that that chelsea might implode next year um but that aside i think if you're gonna talk about this season now he needs to set his sights on the cup final and force Thomas Tuchel to start him which I probably won't but anyway force Thomas Tuchel to start him and put his mark down win Chelsea that cup and that will rescue something for his season at Chelsea um but yeah I mean too it was a it was a good good performance here against Wolves it wasn't it wasn't his fault that they drew uh, certainly and uh his reaction on the sidelines uh makes you know that he knows it's not his fault either yeah um yeah, I have no idea what could happen to Lukaku. Um but uh you know, I think if we lived in a just world with a just Premier League, Chelsea would get relegated next season. Um Oh yes. I I said this about Fulham where, you know, I don't think if a side spends 100 million and then gets relegated, um you know, that's you know, so well deserved. Um and you're an awful side, which is why I hate Fulham. Um, 
Absolutely. Sure. And uh, they'll be back in the Premier League this year. So of course they will. All right. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Chelsea's summer spending, um, as well as the summer before, uh, or the January before, whenever they spent big, um, just disgraceful. Uh, <laughs> so many of them have backfired oh, um, and headlined by Lukaku, um, who I don't even know who he could go to. Uh, no, the obvious answer no is like way. PSG. Uh, that's, that's horrible. God, what a yeah. horrible move that would be. He has to stick with Chelsea. I think. I think he has to stick with them. He could be a success for them, right? He is a brilliant player, but uh, I think he has to stick for one more year and then see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's a bit sad. A bit sad. Yeah, this is. How many players do you think have had more than one stint at a side where they got booed off the yeah. pitch? God, that's a um, great question. Not many. Not many. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Ronaldo at Man U. They probably didn't boo him. They're obsessed with him still. Um, yeah, don't know. Don't know. Um, well, then, uh, that's enough talking about how shit Chelsea are. Um, you talked a lot earlier about two-footing. Um, mm. So I'd like to briefly talk about uh, Arsenal leads uh-huh. uh, for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, Eddie Nketia scores another brace. Uh, and I just want to know if your your words have and opinions on him have changed, um, if you mm-hmm. had any difference. I think I stand by what I said by yeah. on the last pod, but just wanted to give you a chance. I'm not getting carried away with Eddie Nketiah. I think I, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good poacher. Um, I don't think that Arsenal need to keep him uh, just because he's scoring goals. Uh, you know, we know that that's what he does. And I would rather see him at a different club like Crystal Palace or something like that, um, playing every game he can and then we will see exactly how good he is um look if i don't know if arsenal you know if arteta can back him and guarantee him that he'll play more then yes i think he should probably stay because why not you know he's one of their own and i'm sure he's an arsenal fan and etc but i i think he he seems like he has a good team around him because it's because I don't think they're going to fall for that, right? Arteta has promised him it before and he hasn't delivered it. And and so what's the point? Um, it's about time that he goes somewhere else and and is and is afforded the opportunities that he deserves because he is a good player and he shouldn't be playing so little. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing to talk about in this match uh is of course Luke Ayling's red card. Luke Ayling, uh, amazing red card, just like Terrible. straight out of the dictionary. Like, I don't know what he's doing there? Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, just like clear, you know, sees red and then sees red. Did you um, see? Uh, Jamie Carragher lost his m- mind. Uh, did you see what he said about him? He no. said he called him an idiot. He always said it's idiotic, which I mean, fair. Makes sense. Then yeah. he said he will never play in the Premier League again. Which I is think like that okay, might be true. No, we're sure. Like, but I mean, yeah. this is you know, Leeds might not get relegated. You know, this season, I 
I think that we could maybe we'll talk about that at the end of the pod. Another prediction, you know, I think week on week when we do this, we can make new predictions about who we think we're going to go down. But I like Luke Ayling a lot. Um, I think he's quite endearing as a as a character, and he's got a great footballing story. But um, I, harsh. I think he's no one at Leeds has had a good season, but I think he's a good player still. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that was a horrible, horrible decision. I'm not not sure why he's doing that. I mean, maybe just the the frustration of of such a nightmarish time that he's had at the at the club. Um, this season yeah yeah um you know i agree with not for the same reasons but uh i agree he probably won't play in the premier league again um uh, after well if leeds get relegated if they get relegated yeah i probably agree with that yeah right um and and this i might said before but you know leeds just they have some really amazing players and then some players who are just absolutely awful um yeah. I really don't rate Luke Ayling. Uh, I don't rate Dan James at all. Don't rate Stuart Dallas at all. Mm. Um, and, you know, these players get a ton of game time. Um, and I don't know. Uh, Calvin Phillips says mm. even if they go down, he'll stay. And uh, he's a, he he's doesn't a fan, ever want to leave Leeds. He's a, boy, he's a boy of Leeds. He's, a, he's not ever played for anyone else, so. Yeah, I guess, and you know, we'll see if they get relegated. Uh, who leaves in the fire sale? I mean, his his um, his England place will will be gone if he if he plays in the championship next season, right? Um, so, I mean, I guess it, it depends on how much he cares about that. I mean, if I were him, I would want to play at the World Cup, right? But uh, yeah, you know, I get he's. I mean, obviously, desperately hoping that Leeds don't get relegated, but. Even when you look at some of these players, you think they're they're just these guys are too good to play in the championship. Patrick Bamford is a great striker. Ilham Ilham Melier is. I mean, he has a gaff in him, but he's he's amazing. Like he he, yeah. he should be Melier will go somewhere. Rafinha yeah. obviously is getting is getting out anyway. Well, um, but, I yeah. wanted to talk to you about Rafinha. Hmm. Uh, should he have received a red card? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, definitely. Pretty evidently. Um, not, I'm kind of shocked he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those. Poor. So that's a poor, poor refereeing decision. Uh, but we see, we see those all the time, right? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, that was that was a bit, bit full on, from, from Rafinha. But um, yeah, you know, there you go. Leads, leads, leads. Don't know. Don't know what's going to happen to them. I think. I'm. I'm. Oh God. I mean, we can talk about the relegation scrap. Um, yeah, Everton obviously winning. Now they've got back-to-back wins, six out, six points out of six, um, and and they they beat Leicester two-one, um, which was a huge win for them. And I've seen people asking the question: Should Frank Lampard be receiving our praise? Um, you know, should he get some credit? Which I want no. you to answer um, in a second. But let me just overview the relegation scrap right now. This puts Everton out of the relegation zone, puts Leeds in it. Um, Everton still have a game in hand. Um, Leeds have a tricky run. Uh, and Burnley obviously s- had a terrible 4-1 loss to Villa, who they play again soon, um, just because of the way the COVID fixtures work. Um, 
you know, Everton, as Frank Lampard said, are still very much not out of it, but I think they are now the side that has kicked into momentum and they've turned into this horrible team to play, right? Which is a smart move, I think, from the squad. Um, and so it looks like it's between Burnley and Leeds um, for the drop. Um, and I guess if I had to give my prediction this week, I would probably say... I think that I think that Leeds are looking like they're in real trouble. Um, although I hope that Burnley go down. Um, but you know you can touch on any of those points that you want, Blake. But I am interested in in Everton um, and and whether you think Frank Lampard deserves any kudos for for this recent uptick in, in form. Well, I'll start with who I think will get relegated um, in the podcast that was lost to the annals of time. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, the. My prediction, I went through the fixtures that each side has remaining, and I concluded that I thought Leeds United would get relegated. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, based on should Frank Lampard get plaudits, um, no. <laughs> Just no. Um, I mean, I don't think it takes a, someone tactically proficient to set up 11 man behind the ball low block fast break mm-hmm. uh be chippy and annoying and either lose 0-1 or win 1-0 <clears throat> uh steve bruce made a career on it yeah, so yeah. um i hope everton get relegated but i don't think they will um but i would love it if frank lampard stays in charge next season mm-hmm. Yeah, no, agreed. I think, I think it's 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 interesting because I think the players at Everton are clearly playing for Frank Lampard. I I suppose that shouldn't surprise us because this is a guy who everyone loves him, right? He has this char- charisma for whatever reason. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think giving him a too much kudos is is the wrong way to go about it because, frankly, he's no pun intended, but he has. He he should have turned it. They shouldn't be in this situation, right? They he should have turned it around before this. And I, I appreciate there were injuries, but I think I don't think they they should have been in this scrap anyway. Um, speaking of scraps, no, that's not even a segue. It's going to work. Can I talk about Norwich and West Ham? I was going to invite you to. Beautiful. All right, I have a lot to say about both these clubs i'll start with norwich um norwich is just toothless blake um and i suppose it makes sense at this stage of the season but the problem is i think is that they looked toothless from day one so strange and personally i think the club is very well run and i've said it before right you know why throw money you don't have just to stay in the premier league and risk ruining yourself like sunderland derby or Blackburn, I guess, of years past, or maybe Everton if they get relegated. But when they come up, and when they come back up, which they probably will, how how do they change, right? Like how what do they do differently? And I think I'm Norwich worry me because it goes back to this this idea that I've talked about before of club culture again, right? I've touched on this before. I bring it back up because it's it's really interesting. 
once again, right, as a refresher, Spurs is the best example of this. Spurs, everyone knows Spurs are bottlers, right? It's referenced across the footballing landscape. Ferguson, 20 years ago, famously said, lads, it's Tottenham, which is now something that is in the zeitgeist. Chiellini once said, you know, we knew we'd beat Tottenham because they're mentally weak, right? If you literally, I just did, I did it when I was prepping for this pod. Google Tottenham and mentality, literally those two words, and you will see quotes from the past like five managers directly referencing the weak mentality of their players, like verbatim they'll say it. And Norwich have now cultivated a, a reputation, as in they have now, they are now one of those clubs where you think, you know, you think of Norwich and you immediately associate them with a with a certain type of culture, right? And and that is that when they're in the Premier League, they've lost before they've even started. And my, you know, my my question or my thought is, how is that going to affect this club moving forward, right? And it once again shows you the power of PR in this modern social media age because the ridicule that a club like Norwich are facing and the spotlight that can be put on them because everything is clipped up and everything is right there for everyone to see it it could have like a a real tangible profound effect on the future of this club right like could it make the owners want to sell could it could it mean that players don't want to move to Norwich because they associate it with this yo-yoing or this this toothlessness when they're in the top flight? Um, it is a concerning thing, I reckon. And and you know Norwich got relegated a while ago, and it's 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 no surprise that they necessarily that they lost four nil to to a good West Ham side. But yeah, that, that's what I was thinking about this this weekend. I mean, the it is who Norwich is, and I guess right. kudos to their uh, sticking to their club structure, and yeah, that's admirable, I suppose. But it doesn't keep you in the Premier League, and I don't think it ever will. Um, right, we're at a point in the Premier League where uh, Norwich are, you know, super unique and. Uh, the exception, not the rule. Um, but I will say, you know, despite everything, like the 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 owner saying they're not going to spend above their means and whatnot, they do spend money, but they don't spend it well um, when they do spend money. Um, mm. For example, they Grant Hanley has started like all but two matches this season. You mean to tell me you can't purchase? You know, spend some of the instead of spending twenty one million on Christos Zolos, who uh, has been horrible and barely played. I think um, you couldn't have spent you know a couple million on a Craig Dawson or right, yeah, one of these players. Right, right, um, exactly. I mean, Grant Hanley has gotten relegated <laughs> four yeah. times, I think, in his oh, career. Um, this will be his fifth. Jesus. Um, and just looking at their squad, you know, every year you look at the three relegated sides and you go, okay, well, who, you know, who would be available on a slight discount that I would want in my side? Uh, 
and Norwich are straight up awful. Um, yeah, they really are. God, they really I, like are. Billy Gilmore is good, but he's on loan, and they hate him. Uh, and they hate him. Um, and I don't rate him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I take Timu Puki just because he's a he's proven good. goal scorer. Sure. Um, but uh, no, and 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 this is the thing. They are they're a sensational team in the in the championship. This is a strange thing. They are they are literally the club version of Dwight Gale. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, or Alex Mitrovic. Sure. Oh, I reckon he's got a bang this season. Please, God, the guy is insane. He's got forty. What forty three goals? He got. Yeah, he finished 43, with forty three and forty two. Forty three goals. Um, I think I think he'll he's got to do something next year. Um, anyway, that'll be for a summer pod. Um, I I. I will talk about West Ham, um, and I want to talk about West Ham, but I will talk about it when we have finished talking about ev- everything else we want to talk about because I want to touch on our Europa League um, defeat. So if there's any anywhere else you want to go, um, have we we haven't talked about Man U yet, have we? That's hilarious. Uh, well, I mean, what can we say about Man U that hasn't already been said? Well, I have one question for you about them. Um, but I do want to just take a moment for us to all collectively laugh at how bad Manchester United are. Um, and, 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 you know, I watched the full game. Um, thought Brighton were really good. It was, it was quite fun. I mean, it was fun because, I mean, man, you losing 4-0 is hilarious. Um, I, I shout out Kukurea. Um, he's, he was great. Got his first goal. Really sweet interview afterwards. Go and watch that if you haven't seen it. Um, and and yeah, they just got dismantled, didn't they? Um, but the the question I have for you is about Paul Pogba. Now, um, I, I suppose this question is a slightly moot because he literally just said a few hours ago that he will not be joining Manchester City. However, if you were involved with Manchester United, would you care if Pogba joined Man City? And if you were Pogba, would you join Man City, Blake? If I were Pogba, I over oh, okay. So, are you saying like my mentality is in Pogba's body, or I am? No, you are literally Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba. Yeah. If I'm Paul Pogba, I would not join Manchester City, mm-hmm. um, because I think you know, like he obviously, like when we talk about trying hard, it's. A relative thing, sure. um, because like obviously every player who's playing in the Premier League is trying Tries. very hard. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, but it's the uh, you know how it appears to people watching. Um, yeah, I think Paul Pogba relatively skates by at times. Um, no, yeah, and I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I don't think he. Uh, would very much enjoy being in the uh, incredibly intense system at Manchester City. Nor do I think he'd be a great fit. Um, no. I mean, I'm sure he'd be good, but I don't think it's the best fit for him. Um, I think, I'll say this with like every player who's on massive wages um, and isn't English, but the ideal location for Paul Pogba is probably PSG. 
He speaks French, oh, loved by the French. God, but he'd be terrible, um, wouldn't he? He'd be terrible. Uh, PSG you know, can't afford another passenger midfielder, right? Who knows? Like, they Conte's out of, uh, on his way out at Chelsea. Yeah, a Conte yeah. plus Pogba. Yeah, I I I agree with you. I think that um, he he certainly needs a, a move abroad, and and I think that the 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 one of the main reasons for that is is because the English media has just been awful to him for the past six years, right? Seven years, however, however long he's been back at Manchester United. And so it doesn't surprise me that he won't, won't move to Man City because, because people are just horrible to him here. He can never do anything right. Um, and I, I just think, you know, at this stage of his career, he's still not that old and he is a great player. Um, and I, I think, yeah, he'll be suited elsewhere. I, I realize I interrupted you. I apologize. Um, what were you saying? Um, and I think Real Madrid makes a lot of sense because I think, right. you know, you could put him next to like Kamavinga, who works incredibly hard and I think will get a bigger yeah. role next season. Um, plus, you have Casemiro behind you. So, yeah, um, it can be that think... elder statesman. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that all kind of you know would protect him from some scrutiny. Um, plus, Real Madrid have an aging midfield, um, and so you know the the path to starting a lot of matches uh, is much clearer for next season than it has been in previous seasons at Real Madrid, hmm. uh, where the center midfield starting positions were locked up so uh, handedly. Um, yeah, uh, I you know I I like Pogba. Um, he's a fun player, um, but I just you know I think the move back to Manchester United was an awful decision, um, and I didn't rate the move back then, and I've been justified. Uh, mm, yeah, but um, talking about the four nil loss, uh, yeah, you just love to see it. It's just it's there's something so beautiful about oh, it's it. Great. God, it's so great. Um, and I love you know Kukureas absolutely smashing that ball in, um, mm-hmm. and the celebrations were wonderful. And um, yeah, it was great. You know, yeah, everything was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, anything else to say on menu? No. Um. Okay, then I will let you wrap us up by yeah, talking about cool. your beloved uh, beloved West Ham and yeah. European mm, Odyssey away nights. Um, yeah, listen, um, nobody can take the journey away from us, Blake. It's been a wonderful season. Um, we beat Sevilla, which is essentially the, the final boss of the Europa League. Uh, we had a magical away night in Lyon. We got the London Stadium rocking, Blake, which That's is hard. Yeah. quite the achievement. We reached a semi-final of a major European competition. We played great football along the way. We could genuinely say at one point, I think, that we were the best team in the Europa League. Um, like, you know, the best on form. Um, you know, it simply wasn't to be. Um, it, was, it was a shame. You know, Darren Cresswell red cards defined and, and ruined both, both ties. Um, feel quite sorry for him. Um, and I'm not sure we would ever, ever going to win that. 
that away tie because my god that atmosphere looked absolutely incredible i think i would have had a i would have collapsed if i was in in that stadium um if i was playing um you know i don't want to be sour blake but i do want to call out david moyes i'm sorry um his behavior on the touchline in frankfurt yeah what um, what was that volleying a ball at a ball boy a literal child is so weird i th- that's like the word i can come up with it to not even apologize properly afterwards to make a joke about it at the presser he was like oh it just you know he passed it back to me so softly and it bubbled up so nice for me like i had to hit it um is even weirder and honestly this is why i'm i've i've never been and i don't think i ever I, i never will be enamored with the guy um he makes weird comments he says weird stuff few seasons ago i think he was at sunderland at the time right he he did that thing where he told a he told a female journalist she deserved to she deserved a slap for asking one of her questions this season he talked about accepting um the views of anti-vaxxer anti-vaxxers in the context of embracing diversity so he made this like connection between basically like the black lives matter stuff that the prem has been doing and anti-vaxxers it's just fucking strange um and, you know, objectively, like, this guy has been great for West Ham in this second stint. And he's clearly a, you know, great, great manager, talented manager, good ideas, but not particularly lovable. Um, I was really disappointed with that. I thought it was very bizarre. Obviously, he deserved, he deserved, he deserved to be sent off. And, and I'm, I, I want him to get fined. I want him to get punished for it because he, I think he escaped punishment for the, for the journalist comment. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Moving forward with Moyes, um, I mean, he'll hundred percent be here next season. I, I, be, I believe in him, I think to, to continue getting the best out of the squad. Um, the, the club needs, to, oh my God, needs to add to the squad because we are just threadbare. We are just, we have no players. It is insane. Um, I don't know if, if faced with the question, would you rather, us just buy dross just buy these just anyone who is alive and can kick a football um uh, would you rather have that or you know be wolves under nuno and and have like literally 12 players and that's it i'm not sure which one i pick it is a bit it's very nerve-wracking to to not have any players in your squad um but yeah look like it's been a fantastic season um what i just i've loved watching us play and and now i think you know full speed ahead i want us to i mean we we are i think it might be and is it in our hands to get europa league i think it might be um certainly man you have played a, at least a game more than us and and they are horrible so i think they'll drop more points um full speed ahead to that i definitely i want us to to get into the europe conference league at least i think that'll be fantastic i've seen people saying that I've seen West Ham fans say that they'll be disappointed if we get the Europa Conference League. That's crazy. Rubbish. I mean, literally, it's crazy. I would be over the moon. I think that is, that's exactly the competition I want to be in. I mean, that's, it's been a real success this season, first of all, I think. And, and that's exactly the type of competition that you want to be in as a West Ham fan. Um, and 
you know, I, I think that we we should and, and we will continue to attract players to our club. And I've outlined why before, you know, great location, etc. Um, and, you know, let's let's, you know, I think we we need to send off um, send Mark Noble off into the sunset. Well, not really, because I think Moises already said that he's going to bring him in to the background, um, to the backroom stuff. But we need to salute him properly. And I, I, I want to look forward to the end of the season. I mean, maybe we could even, this is wishful thinking, but maybe we can even uh, put a twist in the title race. We play Man City soon. So um, that'd be fun. A doubt is going to happen. But, um, you know, full speed ahead for the for the last few matches. And and I'm, I have my, my, my hopes up high, despite the fact... I'm trying not to end on a bad note here, Blake. Despite the fact that we had three bad injuries, uh, I haven't actually looked at the prognosis for any of them, but it was it was Dawson, Ben Rama, who got a double at the weekend, and, and Antonio, um, all picking up injuries in that match. Um, the way that I'll end this is that it was absolutely fantastic watching us play Norwich. I know they're terrible, but you know we, I watched them score four goals. Um, ben Rama scored two beautiful ones. And... Um, Forever blowing bubbles, Blake. There we go. Ended it on a positive. Uh, so it looks like Antonio's injury is maybe not so serious. That's good. Um, but Ben Rama, uh, yeah, season ending. Like a, that looked like a season ender for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah at least he went out on a high. And Craig Dawson is old enough that I'm sure he broke a hip or something. Um, yeah, I mean, what a season for West Ham. Yeah. Um, you know, fall, well, two seasons in a row of yeah, absolutely amazing seasons. And, you know, there's they did so quite naturally through quite literally just a great manager getting the most out of a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. You're so... Right. I don't know. With some backing, I don't know. Oof, it's needed. I feel we like need smart recruitment. We really do. Right. So, like after two seasons of phenomenal finishes, you know, but kind of the same thing at the right at the very end, injuries and a thin squad start to, um, you know, cause sort of peterings at the end of the season. Um, yeah. I feel like the the blueprint is there. Is like the perfect proposal to the owner. It's like okay. You, you got to give some serious, mm. some serious investment. Um, it's not like West Ham don't spend. It's just they make strange, strange signings um, who don't play for West Ham. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and that's the other. Oh no, God, stop me! I'm not. I'm not. I can't talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about it in the summer. Yeah, we will. Um, I the only thing I have left to ask of you and you kind of addressed it um is uh what do you think is more likely to happen west ham finishes above man u or wolves finish above west ham i think west ham finish above man u is more likely knock on wood god i can't believe you got me to say that i think man u are hot i just think man you are done blake i i just genuinely wouldn't even surprise me if if they literally get zero points from now to the end of the season, it's just a complete disaster there. Um, yeah, Palace you know, and Liverpool. I, is that is that who they have to play ne- left? Yep. Oh, that's nothing. They're not. They can't. They're not getting points up. Maybe one point. 
Uh, they're just they're just awful. They're just awful. I know anything can happen when you have Cristiano Ronaldo on your team, but but I just they've give they've given up, and that's you know those players just just don't they don't care anymore. Um, so so you know we we should we should hopefully pip them to the Europa League. Well, I'm glad that we have this recorded on a podcast. Um, I'm sure <laughs> in two weeks' time, oh God, yeah, we'll be talking about this wood, again. Yeah. Vigorously knocking wood here. Um, well, do you have anything else to say? Uh, probably no, not for this week. I don't think. Um, scrolling through the. Oh my goodness! Like, I guess we have to, right? I mean, sorry, Liverpool and Spurs. We we have to because um, because that was a huge, huge, uh, twist in the title race here, right? So we don't have to go into detail, but 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 uh, Liverpool dropping points, um. Jurgen Klopp said a very bizarre thing where he was basically sort of like complaining. He, he made it sound like he thought that Spurs should just roll over and let them win, um, which obviously makes no sense. Um, and he was he was criticizing Conte's style of play, and he later amended it and said, "Look, that's my personal problem." Which yeah, it's fine. We all know Klopp is is a very ungracious in defeat. Um, He's a baby. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a serial winner, right? So if he's competitive, this is why he has his success or whatever. But I just, yeah, just felt like we had to mention that. Um, I guess the question I have for you, Blake, is 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 that the title race over, or do you, is there another twist in it? I love when you, in quotation marks, put me on the spot. Uh, yeah, my bad. For things I've texted you. Um, so you already know my answer. Oh, I do know. Yeah. Oh, come um, on. It's all It's just all for the performance of the podcast. Um, yeah. I'm like Pep Guardiola. Um, right. Yeah. Comments just for the performance. Um, I think this weekend was the title decided. Um, mm. I, I mean, unless West Ham do pull off the miraculous uh, upset, I think... Man City have a very favorable end of the uh, end of the season run, um, and uh, while uh, Liverpool's is also somewhat favorable, they do play Man U, and as shit as they are, you know, Man U do have a lot of quality, and like you said, anything can happen. Um, but also, I think both sides get all three points from all three matches. Um, and I don't think, and I think even if, uh, right, even if Man City lose, they still win the league on potentially on goal difference. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot gunning against Liverpool um, and slipping up, I felt, kind of was the final nail in the coffin because um, there was no way Man City wasn't going to thrash Newcastle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as for the Liverpool Spurs match, um, do you think Fabinho should have been sent off for Liverpool? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think that's like a classic, unintentional but super dangerous swinging elbow. That for a little while, I want to say two seasons ago, they were really trying to legislate out of the game. Mm. Uh, and I think p- probably people didn't like the number of red cards from stray elbows and so mm. they got away with that rule but um you know i think that's yeah. like a classic player endangerment and 
should have been sent off. Um, yeah, well, there you go. Um, oh, actually, I guess I should ask you. Do you think this is the title decided? Um, yes, I do. I don't. Right. I, think, I think Man City will romp to it. There you go. You have two iron hot takes on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure we will change our opinions next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for listening to uh, episode 26 of season two of the Peak Too Early podcast. Um, if you liked what you hear, give us a review. You could ask us a question or you could ask us a question in email or Twitter. Um, but um, until next week, take care. Bye. I'm standing. <laughs>